Everyone who knows me knows that my dogs are never short on outfits. I buy leashes and collars like some people buy shoes and handbags. And my favorite collar is Iggy's custom-made Paco collar. Paco collars are 100% handmade from scratch by an amazing staff of artists, and the quality really is unparalleled. My dogs can't have collars that don't withstand wear and tear. They hike, they swim, they roll on dead stuff. These collars are guaranteed to last a lifetime, and they're designed to be worn by active dogs like mine. Iggy's collar is perfect for her. It's got purple stones, stars, and a beautiful design. There are literally thousands of design options to choose from, but don't worry. The staff at Paco loves helping customers pick out the best collar for their pets. That's exactly what they did when I went to their booth with Iggy. And they make stuff for humans too, so get over to pacocollars.com and buy the best collar you've ever had, and don't forget to enter promo code COGDOG for free shipping. Dog People of the Internet, Worked Up Camp is happening. You can get all of the information for it over on the Worked Up Camp event page on Facebook. So just search Worked Up Camp on Facebook. Um, you can also find it on the Cognitive Canine Facebook page. And you have to click either going or interested, and then you're going to get all of the updates that are posted to that page. What you need to know right now is that registration applications open April 15th. I'm only going to take those applications for a 10-day period, and then I'm going to let people know who is in as far as working spots go. So you've got to get your application filled out and sent over to me between April 15th and April 25th. So if you get the application in during that time, you'll be considered to have a working spot. But in order to get that application, you've got to get over to that event page and join it so that you can get all of those updates. And I hope to see your application soon. Hey there, dog people of the internet. It's me, Sarah Strumming of The Cognitive Canine, and this is Cog Dog Radio, a podcast about all things dog sports and dog training. Join me as I explore my cases and considerations regarding the behavior of the dogs we live and play with. I hope you enjoy it. All right, today I thought we could talk about something that I get questions about all the time. Um, I get this question in my classes. I just got it today, actually. My new class has just started. I get this question in seminars. Um, and I see this question posted all over the internet. So I want to talk about release cues. I want to talk about what they are, um, kind of where they're appropriate, where they're not, and just maybe clear up some of the confusion. The first piece of information that I think is important to note is that a release cue is, to my knowledge, um, a dog trainer thing. So we don't see people training other species so much using release cues in the sense that I'm talking about them. So an end of session signal certainly used across species. It's a signal to tell the animal that you're working with that they're no longer working, that reinforcers are no longer available to them, that essentially the session is over. So that's one thing that I think a lot of pet dog trainers might um, call a release cue, just kind of an all done signal. And that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is a cue that releases the dog to work or, and it usually is an or situation. It's usually not 
um, a rather than, but or releases the dog to reinforcement. So sometimes people release the dog to a toy or to food on the ground, or they might release the dog to a jump or a tunnel in front of them. So it's used a lot in agility circles to release the dog to start working, and it's usually trained in conjunction with uh, reinforcers, like a toy or food, and then applied to the equipment. And here's the question that comes up all the time, which is that, you know, I teach really specific marker cues for my dogs and my students. So I might have a cue that means grab the toy off the ground. And the question that comes up is, do I need to give my release cue before I give my dog my cue to grab that toy? So the student is thinking, let's say their dog is in a, in a down, they've cued a down. A student is now thinking they have to say, okay, before they say, get it, which means grab the toy off the floor. So they're thinking down, okay, get it. And in reality, we don't need all that, all those words. We don't, all, we don't need all that information. It's just kind of extra babble poured on our dogs who are nonverbal species. If okay means grab the toy, you could just say okay. If get it means grab the toy, you can just say get it. The reason I prefer get it over okay is because it's specific. So if I put my dog in front of a jump, I put a toy behind him, um, and like I said, that jump is ahead of him, I'd like to be able to say a word that means take the jump versus take the toy behind you. So if he's in that situation and I say, okay, what is he expected to do? And I have seen some agility trainers insist that, you know, when given a release cue in that context, their dog should actually choose the jump. And I'll say, you know, if that's what you like, then that's what you've got to train and that's fine. But I don't think it's fair that okay means grab a toy in some contexts and it means take the jump in others or do some kind of other work in other contexts. That's where I'm I'm not cool with it. So what's bad about just saying jump if the dog is sitting in front of a jump? Or I do have a cue that means take the obstacle in front of you. It's a little bit more generic. Um, it's just break. And it means basically take the thing that you're looking at, be it a jump, tunnel, dog walk, tire, whatever. I do not use it in conjunction with reinforcers. I don't release my dog to reinforcers with that signal. I instead use specific reinforcer cues that I have trained so that I can be very clear. And so now I can put my dog on the start line in front of a jump and I can put a toy behind him and I can either say break, which means take the jump in front of you, or I could say jump, which also means that or I could say look back, which means spin backwards to get that toy. And because I have taught him these things separately, I can be very clear. So there's never a situation in which I would give a release cue, like okay, and then give a marker cue. Um, if you do that, okay be becomes your marker signal. And your marker signal kind of ceases to have that much importance. So I do find people getting confused here and thinking, oh my gosh, this is so much to say. These are so many words I've got to say, you know, okay, and then I've got to say get it and I've got to, or maybe I say okay, and then I click. Um, and that leads me to, and, and all that stuff is just not necessary. You don't have to do it. Just use your marker. Um, or if you would rather use a release cue to send your dog to reinforcement, you could just do that. 
So that leads me to another question. Um, a lot of people really don't feel like their dog should move when they click. And this, I run into this a lot uh, when I'm teaching seminars. I have the people cue the dog to sit or down and then they click and the dog gets up to get their cookie and they go, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. Um, and the answer is it depends on what you've trained. You can certainly teach your animal that any given marker signal means to wait for reinforcement. Or you can teach them that they are now to move towards reinforcement. It's just really important that you stay specific there. So I've got one marker that means wait for food. And I've got one that means wait for a toy. So those are kind of your room service or just delivery types of markers. Um, those are trained and those are the only ones that my dog isn't to move towards reinforcement on. And... I think it's really important that we teach it that way rather than the way most people are teaching it, which is that if they cued the dog, um, let's say, to recall, to come to them, and then they click and the dog keeps coming and they give them a cookie um, or some other kind of action behavior, like dog is standing up and they say spin and then they click and the dog moves forward to eat the cookie. That's a better example. <laughs> um, so let's say they do that and that doesn't bother them, but now they've cued the dog to down and they click and the dog gets up to have the cookie and now they want to withhold the treat. That's where we're in trouble. So we just, we can have whatever rules we want. They just need to be the same rules across the board. And as far as release cues are concerned, I think we just need to get really clear in our heads about what they actually are. So if you want to have kind of a generic release cue that means, um, you, you know, move out of the crate move out of the doorway, um, go ahead and eat your dinner, etc. you certainly can. I mean, I use the word okay just in kind of casual life to release my dogs, you know, out of doors, um, etc. And I fully admit that this is not heavily trained. <laughs> it's just kind of part of my vernacular with my dogs. And it's kind of a throwaway cue for me. When it really counts, I actually release them by name. So if all five of my dogs are lined up at an open threshold. I release them by name in that situation because I want them very clearly to understand that they are not to all move at once because disasters happen um, when they all move at once towards the same area. So um, just using kind of a generic release cue in your daily life, of course, is fine. Just don't kid yourself that it also has, you know, a lot of meaning over in your sport context. I would train marker signals instead that meet that mean for the dog to take advantage of reinforcement or just really nice clean fluent cues every time my dog does one thing i should either mark the dog for reinforcement or cue the dog to do something else rather than um this generic kind of release cue which i think people kind of think of as just meaning okay do whatever you want but again that would fall under the end of session signal for me so with felix he's got a really clear end of session signal i just say all done and we move out of the training area um this is very different from a release cue it literally means and we're not doing that now <laughs> um i can also tell him all done if he brings me a stick on the trail and he'll spit out the stick and keep running i don't want him to run with the stick in his mouth for obvious reasons and so if he you know he's bringing me the stick trying to engage me and play with it so i say all done which means we're not doing that now and he'll spit it out and run down the trail 
that's very different from my other release signal, which very clearly means begin agility break. Um, and it's also very different from any of my marker signals, which do release him to reinforcement. So it's important for me to have those distinctions because it's important to me to be as clean of a trainer as I can be. Uh, the people who come to me for help in in particular in the Worked Up course, the Worked Up seminar, and now Arousal Layering Games, which is the kind of sister course to Worked Up, which is happening right now over on Fenzy Dog Sports Academy. People who come to me there, they they think their dogs have arousal problems. They see their dogs having arousal problems. They see this like salivating, dilated pupils, barking, spinning, kind of mad animal in front of them. And they go, this is an arousal problem. And certainly I would agree that the dog is probably in a high state of arousal. Um, but the real problem usually winds up being lack of clarity somewhere. And often it is lack of clarity surrounding reinforcers. So if we can just be really clean and clear from the beginning surrounding our reinforcers, and that involves understanding specifically what are these release cues we're using, then we can prevent a lot of those problems down the road and we can save our dogs from a whole lot of confusion. So I hope that that makes sense to you guys. Um, do head over to the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page and have a discussion about it. And happy training. Thanks for listening to Cog Dog Radio. If you have questions or suggestions, shoot them over to cogdogradio at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like the Cog Dog Radio Facebook page. And until next time, happy training.